0: Five, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is ignition. Welcome to ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald,
1: and I'm Father Andrew Dickinson.
0: And Father, uh, you're are, are you swimming? Are you staying afloat? I guess is the better question. The
1: staying afloat. The tide is. Uh... Three feet of water, doctor. The tide is slowly rising.
0: <laughs> uh, school is about to begin, well, has begin, begun in, in many of the schools here in South Dakota in terms of elementary and high school and so on, but college is getting ready to uh, get going as well, right?
1: That's correct. We have uh, freshmen moving in in just two days, everyone else moving in after that, and uh, less than a week from today, uh, class is starting.
0: Yep. So in many ways, you know, we um, life life in many ways revolves around the academic year Uh, begins, so to speak, uh, late mid late October. Um, August, and goes obviously through into May or early June. Uh, But we're also fathers, as you and I have talked, and although not for a little while, I don't think we've talked about it. We're in the midst of this year of faith that Pope Emeritus Benedict um, called almost two years ago, started last October, and uh, will conclude here uh, in November. Uh, In our diocese, we're, we're excited about a conference that we're having, Encountering Jesus Christ, and um, how to grow in our relationship with, with Christ sharing with others. Uh, it's a conference on the new evangelization that we're, we're going to be um, having uh, here at the end of this October uh friday is is friday the 25th is 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 sort of the first day but that's particularly for clergy and and people in in the parishes who who lead um religious education and catechesis saturday is is really the day for for all the faithful um including families um we're hoping to well we are going to make it a, a family friendly day so if uh if, if you go to the website, and website, www.sfcatholic.org slash encounterjc, um, you can find out more information. But uh, if you're able to come on, on Saturday the 26th, it'll be a great day. We're going to have a number of great speakers, uh, including Curtis Martin. Father, who's Curtis Martin anyway?
1: Curtis Martin is the founder of FOCUS, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. He's also a member of the uh, Pontifical Council for the New Evangelization.
0: Yeah, so it's going to be really exciting to have Curtis speak um, on Saturday. We're going to have a number of other speakers as well. Father Mike Phones, who is the, uh, he's, he's a Western Province Dominican who is involved with the Catherine of Siena Institute. Father and I have talked about discipleship a lot, and there's a book from one of the, from Sherry Weddle, who's uh, the founder of, of the Catherine of Siena Institute. Forming Intentional Disciples is the name of her book. Uh, Father Phones is going to be talking about, um, Discipleship and, and evangelize, evangelizing with our ears, how through the questions that we ask and listening to others, being attentive to them, um, we, we can actually lead them closer to Christ. So how to do that in non-threatening ways. Um, Jen DeMello is the editor for the National Catholic Register. She's going to be speaking as well. And Jim Ennis is the director of the National Catholic Rural Life Conference. So in a rural diocese like ours, how can we share the good news of Christ? How can we live, we live out our faith? Um, these... What's
1: the website for that again? Dr.
0: Bergwald? SFCatholic.org slash encounter
1: I think also, dear listeners, if you just go to sfcatholic.org, you'd find it right on the front page. as a little splash that pops up when you first get there.
0: Yep, and you can qu- click right on that uh, the, the logo there, the crucifix, um, will take you to the page. So if you go to the WEDASA's website that way. So excited about that. And then, Father, uh, the the last Sunday of the church year, which is this year, November 24th, the Solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe, we wrap this year of faith Thing up, and we're done with faith.
1: No more faith.
0: No more faith. Bye bye. See you later. Or not. No. No.
1: No. Well, yeah. But uh, so th- there is an end to the year of faith, right?
0: There is it. Uh, November 24th is the end of the year of faith. Yes. But
1: isn't there a different way we could talk about an end to the year of faith?
0: Uh, end? Yes. You mean like Excuse purpose? Yes. Oh. <laughs> so, what's the end of the year of faith in that sense of purpose or goal?
1: Ah, it's a very good question. Uh, to we've uh, we've uh, talked about this before, dear listeners. That the end or the purpose of the year of faith is to build us up for the sake of the mission of going out, right? Okay you remember that, Dr. Bergwald?
0: Some vague recollection, yeah.
1: Vague recollection, of course, because that was the words of Pope Benedict in his uh, letter, not an encyclical, but his, uh, his letter entitled Porta Fidei. The
0: Door of Faith.
1: The Door of Faith, right, that the purpose of this year is to build up the church for her mission of going out to all the nations. And so, uh, once November 24th hits, the church will be perfectly and totally built up for her mission. <laughs> yes! finally
0: you know it's it's about time perfection is upon us
1: yeah. uh we're totally perfected now
0: <laughs> well okay maybe not totally perfected but still uh, obviously the idea for this whole of year faith as you just said father is 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 not f- it's it's not an end unto itself. It's an it's it's uh, it's a year for specifically for that reason. I've referred actually, Father, many times. I'm pretty sure it was you uh, in a, in an earlier, uh, much earlier episode of Ignition who you who referred to the year of faith sort of as boot camp for the new evangelization. I think. Does that sound familiar? Really? Yeah, you said that. That's for eloquent. Well, at least I've given it. I've i given credit to you. So if you didn't say it, people think you you've well. said it. So but I and I love that idea. The, the, uh, because it's just a very to me a, a really a uh, a really great metaphor for understanding that this year of faith isn't an end unto itself, but is, is meant to uh, equip us for this larger purpose, as you just said, of going forth, of of embracing the mission of the church.
1: Which is a pretty exciting thing to think about when you think about like well, I mean, could you imagine like the whole church actually went to a boot camp of faith?
0: Yeah, that'd be pretty intense
1: i mean that, that'd be pretty amazing i mean i couldn't imagine what that would look like you know both like, like retired couples uh empty nesters uh, uh families of children uh young single people uh children i mean older,
0: older single people
1: i mean yeah wouldn't that be amazing
0: it would be and that's what we're supposed to be doing
1: <laughs> oh yeah
0: so oh go ahead sorry no, no, go ahead. So we, we, this year for you, as, as as we were joking, as you said before we started recording today's episode, um, maybe we need another year of faith. But obviously the year of faith doesn't end, um, as we were joking in that sense, the, the normal everyday sense. Uh, it doesn't end. We continue to have faith. Uh, but we're as Francis has been emphasizing, the outward dimension, the missionary aspect of Christian existence. We encounter Christ, and we seek both to bring him to others and also to find him amongst others, right? Very much so. So so I think, Father, you, People thinking about this, particularly living um, in in as as Americans here in the United States, uh, trying to live out our baptismal call, particularly as lay people, uh, but but as whether we're ordained or religious, um, trying to live out our faith, our the the, the faith that we share um, as as disciples of Christ, as as Catholics. But we look at the, the the culture around us. We look at the society in which we live, um, and it can be. I think it can be hard, dismaying, even even sinfully speaking, to lead people to despair that we just seem to be going, as they say, culture is going to hell in a handbasket. That's the for lost Are we the phrase. Is that language
1: on I, the theological I, podcast? I
0: think so. I think we could talk about hell. Okay. Okay. Uh, but but we're, that, that things are going badly uh, in, in so many ways uh, in our society. and So how do we respond to that? How do we really carry out the mission of the church that we're supposed to be entering into in a new way, a renewed way, um, as a result of this year of faith and the new evangelization?
1: Yeah, uh, are we really ready for that mission? Do we have what it takes? And how, how do we how do we know that we're mission ready? What's kind of the litmus test of that uh, of that sort of preparedness? You know, I mean, I, there's no um, there's no governing body kind of looking over the church, you know, and kind of saying, "All right, well, here you go, you're ready to go. You've got your uh, evangelization certificate."
0: That's true, right?
1: You know, uh, there's no uh, no envoy from Pope Francis to check out each diocese in the world at the end of the year of faith. I mean, that'd be quite a job. There's probably three thousand some dioceses in the world.
0: There's a bunch of them.
1: Yeah. So um, that is that is tough. And then then as you say, you know, that that issue of well, gosh, I mean, at what point? Well, actually, we put in the context. Um, I just saw in the news today of. Um, uh, that uh, there's a, a new leak at the Fukushima uh, nuclear plant.
0: Mm. In Japan. Uh,
1: Japan, yep. And so it just kind of makes you wonder, you know, at what point, you know, with a nuclear plant, like that, at what point do you kind of get to that no return area?
0: Oh, yeah, okay.
1: Right, of like, well, you know what, you know, we're trying to clean up the soil, we're trying to keep it intact, but at some point we're just going to have to bury the sucker in concrete and uh just not come back there for another ten thousand
0: <laughs> right, but I mean in all serious. I mean that's uh oh boy, Russia,
1: Chernobyl Chernobyl,
0: yeah, I mean it's a it's a dead zone literally, right, I think right, yeah, Except
1: for the three headed uh coyotes and wolves there,
0: exactly. So
1: So they just said that they just can't go back there. And that's, I think, one of the things to think about. You know, so, yes, we we need to go out and reach reach out. uh, But there are historical uh, instances in life of the church where uh, prudential judgments have been made that, you know, uh, I don't think I can reach out. And if I try to reach out, I might get sucked in myself.
0: Right. So the the tension there, you said we'll go we're supposed to go and reach out. So so Jesus gives, it's called the Great Commission Jesus gives an explicit command to to the apostles but then all, to all of the disciples so it's a command given to all of us as, as as baptized Christians go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of Father Son and Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and lo I'm with you till the end of the age that's the very end of Matthew's gospel chapter 28 uh, you're on a roll
1: there, Dr. Hey
0: I'm quoting the Bible how about
1: that Can you actually give me the chapter and verse on that
0: 28 19 20 Maybe twenty one.
1: Come on, you can get it.
0: Oh, I I I just thought I did, didn't I?
1: Nineteen twenty, you did get it. Okay, good. Yay!
0: How many stars do I? Anyway, okay. So, so Jesus gives this mandate, this commission to the church, to the body of Christ, to His disciples: go and make disciples. So we're all supposed to, in our own way, according to our state in life and the charisms we've been given, the gifts of the Holy Spirit we've been given, we're all supposed to go and make disciples. And yet, on the other hand, we have to recognize that uh, you know this this can become a trite phrase, can be cliched and overused um our job is uh, quoting I think referencing at least Mother Teresa our job is not we're not called to be successful we're called to be faithful faithful Correct. So there's no promise that if we seek to go and make disciples, that we will actually succeed on a grand scale. We're called to make the attempt, but but obviously the conversion of hearts is is God's work. We're, we're called to to do our part, but then what happens in the minds and the hearts of the people around us is out of our hands. Uh, and sometimes on, a, on a, a large scale across the society, you you do see a collapse. So the, 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 to me, the other side, the the, the tension there, is a rec- we have to recognize, frankly, our limitations. Right.
1: Right. Which is part of humility, to know uh, who you truly are, and secondly, it's uh, it's, it's part of that prudential judgment uh, that we have to learn how to make. You know, just the same way that I can't commit myself to uh, everything all the time. So you know, there's there's limitations I have to make.
0: Right. So, on the one hand, when we look at our 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 duty, our mission that we all that we all have been given to evangelize. And we look at the culture in which we live. Uh, on the one hand, there's maybe this this idea that, boy, I can I can save the world or save the country. We can we as Christians can say as Catholics can we can save the country. Just bring everyone to Christ and 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 live out uh, the, the, the 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 Catholic faith, and we can do this. Well, maybe not. On the other hand, there is also another. Um, Uh, in a loose sense temptation I think to to withdraw completely from society to think you know everything is going to hell in a handbasket I'm just going to save myself and and my family for those of us who are married with kids or whatever and 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 uh, withdraw so to speak into our spiritual castle uh, in a sense and and protect ourselves from uh, the the collapse of civilization around us I, I don't think we can go completely completely that way either can we
1: well, no, and I think um, I think in in each of these cases, there's kind of a, uh, a delusion going on or a confusion, maybe, you know, with with that think, with that sense that we have to go and uh, win the culture. I think we correctly identify that uh, as kind of being in contrary to as Mother Teresa said, and contrary of uh, not just being f- of trying to be successful and basing our fidelity off of our success. Yeah. You know, and so uh, we'll know we are Christians by whether or not everyone loves us, agrees with us, and likes our comments on Facebook, yeah. <laughs> um, and retweets our thoughts. Yes. But um, right, but we have no guarantee of that, and Jesus never gave a guarantee. In fact, Jesus himself says, will there be faith right. when the Son of Man returns? Yep, absolutely. And so for us to realize that we have no guarantee of Uh, And we certainly don't have a guarantee of uh, the United States as a faith-filled nation, Western civilization as a Christian civilization. That there would even be a recognizably Christian civilization, civic society, not a religious society, but a civic society, uh, when the Son of Man returns. Exactly. Um, I think the other side of that, then, is that... uh, Oh well, okay. If that's the case, Father Andrew, Doctor Bergwald, thank you very much. I'm going to go buy one of my bunkers, like we have on the A&E TV, and maybe I can uh, get my son to be a priest and then uh, ask the bishop if he can be our family's personal chaplain. Make a plan that when uh, my niece and my uh, my niece actually asked, uh, she was maybe five or six at the time, uh, in a cold winter, she was like, "Can we just have Father Andrew live here? Then we wouldn't have to go out for math.
0: <laughs> that's that's a great idea. Yeah. Uh,
1: um, I said, well, can I, why don't you write a letter to the bishop? well <laughs> um, you know, right, so, okay, well, we're going to get our own priest, and we're just going to set up our own little enclave, or, you know, like there's a really dumb M. Night Shyamalan movie from a number of years ago, The Village. Um, I liked The Village. Uh, I hated it. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I did not like Okay, it. anyway. So, anyways, but the, the false assumption there is that, okay, well, Maybe I can't win society, so therefore I shouldn't talk to anyone. Right, right, right. But just this realization that you know, maybe I'm not going to get a political nominee who has my views. Maybe I'm not going to be able to make a political choice. You know, Um, but I can still reach out to individuals. Um, You know, as kind of I I enjoy the title uh, of one of the talks you're promoting, uh, Dr. Bergwald, and. October, with a priest from the Catherine Chan Institute, I forget his name, but the title of the talk was, I think, uh, Evangelizing with Our Ears. Right. You'll be able to listen to what our friends say or answer or are are talking about in their lives, and and from that, to be able to know how to reach out to evangelize them, to speak to their heart, because we can actually hear and tell and understand where their heart is. Absolutely. Um so, I think that's a false dichotomy to think that we have to pull back from everything. Because even people would use the historical answer of uh, St. Benedict of Nursa. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- as a doctor of sacred theology, do you know a bit about the life of St. Benedict of Nursa?
0: A little bit. Fran- uh, Francis. Benedict lived, what, 5th century AD, I think? The time when. At least the Western Roman Empire was collapsing. So Rome itself, the, the emperor had uh, pretty much moved over to Constantinople, um, and 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 the Western Empire was collapsing under the onslaught of the Goths and the Visigoths and the Ostrogoths, and then the the Mongolian Huns, Huns, Huns. The who? Uh, shoot, what's his name? Attila. Attila the Hun uh, and and uh, the barbarian horde coming, the, all the barbarian hordes. If you've seen the movie Gladiator, uh, you have an idea of, of of what we're talking about here at the beginning. But more success against the Romans, exactly. So so the Western, in many ways, the, the, the Roman civilization was collapsing. Uh, another saint of around that, that time, Saint Augustine, wrote one of his great works. His, his uh, Classic works, The City of God, talking about there's the city of God and the city of man. And he wrote it in a time when the the glory that was Rome was pretty much tarnished. Uh, it was collapsing, uh, if not completely collapsed by then. So... Benedict was also living at the time. Benedict uh, was an Italian, um, lived uh, in Italy um, near Rome, and Adela. he, in response, he withdrew first. He he, he lived uh, the life of a hermit just by himself. But then, living that life was attractive to others around him, and and he um, established monas- uh, a monastery and then other monasteries. So he he wasn't the first to live monastic life. There were Eastern uh, Catholics who who began the the monastic life, but he's called the father of Western monasticism because sort of in in, uh, in Western Europe and therefore because of it throughout the rest of, uh, well, the Americas and so on, he became the founder of Western monasticism um, uh, living again where it's so a, a monastery where you had men and, and then women in convents seeking to live a de- life completely devoted to God, uh, and, 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 completely self-sustaining. And so, uh, you had ver- people who aspired to be holy who would enter into monasteries, uh, and, uh, seek to live a life of prayer and work. Is that about it?
1: Uh, I think for the most part, yeah. And, uh, um, well, with that then comes this question where did they totally pull back from society then
0: right and I think it is it's a, it's a misnomer it's a false idea to think that they completely cut themselves off from society because after all it was the monks Irish monks who saved western civilization I heard right what does that mean, though? I mean, what's... On monks. Exactly. So, so it's not a matter of, you know, the world is completely evil and we're going to retreat into the, the, the sanctity and sanctuary of, of a monastery. Um, there's still uh, a, a missionary dynamic at work, even within a monastery. Is that right? Right. Right. Um, So what does that mean then for us today, Father? The idea of what some call the Benedict option, uh, is that a viable option? Can we retreat into spiritual monasteries, whether that that might be our parish or our families? Uh, Is there a way where we can rightly seek solace, uh, safety, security within um, metaphorical monasteries and still be true to the missionary mandate that Jesus gave us, gave us?
1: I think it can be, it can be, but I think, that, of course, there is that there is that risk there's a, well, there's a risk with anything, um, but uh, uh, there's the risk of you know be, of Catholics becoming a cultural oddity like the Amish.
0: Okay. So is that necessarily is is that a bad thing? Is that wrong, or is that a matter as you said earlier, well, I mean, prudential?
1: I guess the question would be, do you, do you see the? Uh, does it seem like the Amish are fulfilling the Great Commission?
0: Uh, that's a good question. It wouldn't seem that way.
1: Right. I mean, I'm not aware of Amish missionaries going out. Right. Uh, I'm not aware. I mean, I'm sure they have nice hospitality, but it seems like, and uh, now mind you, my knowledge of the Amish here in the Midwest isn't very great. Uh, it comes mostly from uh, the occasional movie, like uh, that Harrison Ford movie from like the 1980s. Um, the witness. 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 Yep. Yeah. Right. So pretty rich, huh? Um... <laughs> Rich knowledge of rich, the Amish yes. faith. My apologies to any Amish that, for some reason, might be listening to Ignition. Right. Um, I don't know how that would happen, though. Um,
0: but, right. but what, Father? But what about um, Carmelites? Then, are they fulfilling the missionary mandate?
1: Well, they see the vocation as a part of the larger church's effort, though.
0: Absolutely. So, so those who cloistered religious, who who, at a superficial way, retreat from the world, but still see them is very much involved in the the overall mission of the church, even if they personally are not going out. So Saint Therese of Lisieux, uh, I think, is a great example. Is she co-patroness of of missionaries? Is that am I remembering that? Uh,
1: yes, with uh, Saint Francis Xavier.
0: Exactly. So she was a, <laughs> a, a a cloistered nun who died in her early twenties, and yet she is one of two uh, pa- saint, patron saints for missionaries.
1: Right. And so, um, I guess the crux of the matter, the clear answer we want to give you today on Ignition is that we don't have a clear answer for you. <laughs> what? We're not telling you, we are clearly not telling you to go uh, sell all your belongings, uh, buy yourself a little shelter, a little piece of land out in Montana, and uh, try and get one of your sons ordained a priest and have him be out there working just for you.
0: Yes, we're not saying that.
1: Uh, We're not telling you to go and create your own little uh, village of uh, (laughs) of like-minded Catholic people. Um, But at the same time, we are telling you to be careful about who you associate with. Right. That some of the toxicity of a culture of unbelief, of a culture of death, of a culture of hopelessness, um, that that toxicity uh, really... Uh, is uh, uh, sticky and binding.
0: Yeah, I don't know how if if we're going to be able to adequately treat this in, uh, what, two and a half minutes we have left, but there's that balance. I mean, (laughs) we don't have a good answer. The, 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 The answer is pray and seek God's will. So no, we're, right. gonna, we're gonna we're have dead air for here for two minutes because that's the answer. I mean, really, but can we say any? That, I think sometimes Catholics want. Well, just tell me what what I'm supposed to do. Well,
1: <laughs> well, that's, that's, I was actually was having the same discussion with a, a couple in the parish on a different issue, a sensitive issue, and uh, I was like, you know, the clear answer is that there isn't a clear answer. Yeah. You know, and we, we have clear reasons to guide, but you know, your instance of when to make this choice is up to you. That's what we call prudential judgment. Right. Right. You know. Um, and, uh, and, and there might be some people who choose to do one thing and some people who choose to do another. And you might feel that tension go back and forth within yourself and your own daily living.
0: So that's where, I mean, just living a life of prayer, of, of of seeking to live according to the teachings of Christ as we have them to the church, of receiving the sacraments regularly, certainly Sunday mass, daily if possible, regular confession. Uh, if we live those things out, we're seeking God's will, then, then I think that's sufficient. And if we have maybe a spiritual director, somebody we can turn to, um, a, a trusted spiritual guide to help us with particular decisions. I I know it, it. People I think do struggle sometimes with the the vagueness of of that, but but that's really all we're called. That that's what we're called to do, right?
1: Well, I, I'm actually thinking of uh, there's a quote from a couple hundred years ago, over actually over a millennium ago, by Saint Maximus the Confessor, mm. uh, who was a great preacher and teacher, and. Uh, uh, and he has a collection of writings called The Four Centuries on Love, which is just a little one-sentence, of, uh, or 400 little one-sentence statements about the Christian understanding of love. And he says uh, that in this current age, uh, it is true that the truth is uh, shrouded, shrouded in shadows and figures. And so thus what is needed is the blessed passion of holy love, by which that, of course, he means the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. I mean, we speak we God, seek God's will and uh, leave the rest to Him. So with that, we'll draw this episode of Ignition to a close. Uh, once again, thanks for listening. If you have any questions about anything we've talked about today or ideas for future episodes, you can email me, um, cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org.
1: Until next time, friends, may Almighty God bless all of you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.